0: Welcome to the Learning to Slay the Beast podcast, a resilience podcast where we talk about all the challenging things that we're working to overcome, like anxiety, health, and relationship issues. My name is Sarah. Hello and welcome to the Learning to Slay the Beast podcast. My name is Sarah. I am excited to be back. It is fall 2022. I've taken a little bit of the break from the podcast for various reasons, but I'm back sort of at the time of back to school and really excited to dig into a number of episodes as well as a special series on marriage and partnership. So if you are just tuning in and you're interested, We have done previously a back-to-school series that would be great to head back into the archives and look at. It was from September last year, and you can go back and listen to a number of episodes that focus on some of the challenges that we face with back-to-school. You can find the series starting in episode 81, where we talk about overcoming bullying with Nathan Webb. Then episode 82 of the Back to School series is using yoga and breath work to parents successfully. And then we also move into episode 83, where I give some of my personal perspectives on back to school from 2021. Then episode 84 looks at techniques for neurodivergent learners and episode 85 focuses on keeping our kids healthy. So please feel free to go back and get some of this wisdom on kind of emotional and physical health um, in terms of back to school to help support your children and teens in their return to school or maybe even your young adults. Um, Definitely heading into college, university, all of those times can be challenging as well and a lot of these perspectives can also help then. So that was an important series from 2021. This year, we're doing another important series that's focusing on marriage and partnership. It is a really important big relationship in many of our lives, and it can be a source of vitality in our lives But it can also change over time and sometimes become a really huge challenge in our lives. So I thought it would be important to spend a little time specific to this particular relationship, marriage, partnership. We talk a lot about our relationship with our kids. um, We've done relationships with parents, all of those different things. But, you know, we know that that partner relationship can be very important and also very challenging. So sometimes we get out of sync with our partner um, it can even lead into discussions of divorce and separation. We have talked about divorce in the past on the podcast. I had a really great conversation around how to journey beyond divorce with Karen McMahon in episode 105. So if you're looking for something a little more in that direction, then feel free to go back to episode 105. But if you're looking for some of that um, marriage work, then I think this um, podcast series is definitely going to be for you. And we're going to talk about some of the really challenging things, like getting into communication challenges, getting into what if you've got a big challenge like infidelity in your relationship, all of these things that can be big. We talk about intimacy in one of the episodes as well, um, which we know is a key part. So it's definitely going to be something that over the next four episodes, you can sink your teeth into, and I'm sure there'll be something to learn. So for our first episode, I am very happy to welcome... Wendy Capewell, who is a psychotherapist and a relationship counselor. She's going to help dig into these important issues in marriage and she has over 15 years of experience in working with couples as a psychotherapist and relationship counselor. Today we're going to hear her thoughts on relationships and more information on how to make it work and also when it might be time to move on. Enjoy this episode for our special marriage and partnership series with Wendy Capewell. So welcome Wendy to the podcast. I'm happy to connect with you today. Oh, the same here,
1: Sarah. It's really nice to connect with you too. Brilliant.
0: Wonderful. So why don't we start with you providing a little bit about your background and how you got into counseling and providing therapy on relationships?
1: Ah well you know what when I before I started training I always had this view about counseling and therapy and psychotherapy and all that kind of stuff. I always had that view, I don't want anyone getting inside my head. It was really something I veered away from, yeah, drastically. And I I my whole career was in admin and finance and it was I just never fitted it was like I was a square peg in a round hole um and but you know you just plow on it's what you know and circumstances and stuff but it didn't really kind of fit for me and I was saying my claim to fame in the financial side of things was I never got a balance sheet to balance ever <laughs> so I <laughs> find that quite funny um So it it was a very weird situation as to how I got into it because at the time I was in um, a very kind of abusive relationship and it was me trying to do whatever I thought would please him and stop him bullying me. And one day he said to me, you know, you're really good at listening. Well, I was good at listening because it meant he when it was focused on him He wasn't picking on me, Um, but he said, you know what, have you ever thought about training as a counsellor? And I said, no, I haven't, but, you know, in my head, if that makes you happy, maybe that will stop you. Maybe that will make you happy. So that's how I started. But, of course, when we start these kinds of things and we start getting awareness, then we have much more awareness of ourselves to start with. And it actually led me to be able to leave him. Um, So it's a really odd one, isn't it? When you think about it, um, that that was how I started in the whole kind of counselling journey. Um, So I stuck at it. And it was a really great distraction, to be honest, all through the separation and horrendous divorce. Um, And so I started working in that way and individual with individuals and then more and more people were coming to me and asking me if I work with couples and I said well no I don't actually and then I thought you know what I've got experience of relationships you know we are all in relationships anyway but I've had some really difficult times in different kinds of relationships, with parents with um, partners and so on and I thought, you know what, I'm going to get some more training and see how this might go, because I was interested in it. And that's really, I got some more training. And then I, that's how I started working with couples.
0: So, yeah, I guess it's not the average story. Yeah, no, but very interesting. And and like you said, not the place that you would think that that inspiration maybe would come from. So that's, that's really interesting. And, and yeah, like I could see the, the evolution there, where if you started to just see a need for couples and relationships in particular, that that makes a lot of sense. Hmm. So. I'm wondering if maybe you can share, I'm sure many of our listeners can come up with some, you know, challenges or issues that they could see would arise for couples, but are there any ones that you're finding are quite common in terms of challenges and issues that you see as a couples counsellor?
1: I think the biggest problem that couples come, and the most common one, one of the most common ones is they're just not communicating. And they've neglected their relationship. So their communication is either on a very transactional level or um, they just got to the point where they're just bickering and they just got into a rut of, of communicating in a really bad way. So it's either they've just, you know, when you first fall in love, you meet with someone and you all you can think about is them. And then you know, you can't get them out of your head, but then as the relationship goes on, it becomes a little bit mundane and routine, and it's far too easy then to forget about the other person. You get caught up in daily life, you get caught up with the kids, with family, careers, and your partner somehow takes the back seat, your relationship takes the back seat, and you forget to have them in mind, and so They drift, couples drift apart or they just get to the point where they don't know how to talk to each other, even in a civil way, let alone in a caring way. So that's one of the biggest things that happens is how can you reframe it? How can you start thinking about each other? How can you start investing in your relationship? And I often use the analogy of a plant. Say you have this little tiny plant and you put it in a pot and you just shove it in a cupboard and you ignore that plant, you don't give it any attention, you don't give it any water, any light, any nutrients, that plant will just shrivel up and die. And I think that's very much like a relationship. If you don't nurture it, if you don't give it what it needs to flourish, it will wither and chances are it will die.
0: Yeah, I can totally see that 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 would be common cuz there's just so much going on for couples like career-wise, family, and 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 I think there's almost that piece where you know, maybe you think okay, this is my foundation and it doesn't need the same attention as, you know, the new problem that's come up or you know, the challenge that the children are going through at the time. Do you know what I mean? Like it's sort mm. of yeah that underneath piece but yeah that's a great analogy that that it it does still need that that time and attention
1: and it doesn't need very much it you know just a few minutes a day to actually pay attention to the other person you know we get in that point of going out the door love you uh Mm -hmm. peck on the cheek and there's no no connection there it's gone um and what does it take to really notice your partner, and say, you know what, you've got the most amazing smile, or I love your eyes, oh gosh, you look really sexy in that outfit, what does it take really? Mm -hmm. Or just picking up, I don't know if you go to the garage and pick up some fuel, then thinking, oh, I wonder if they'd like that, that chocolate bar, that's their favorite, or just thinking about maybe I'll cook them something nice for dinner. It's those little things that really don't take a lot, but mean a lot to the other person.
0: Mm-hmm. hmm uh, Absolutely. And so... What about when couples get further down this line and they're they're feeling maybe that fracture, maybe there's been, you know, something even beyond just communication, maybe there's mm-hmm. like a infidelity or or some other challenge in their relationship? How do you counsel couples when they're not sure if they should keep working on it or maybe they have been working on it um, or, or if they should move on, like where, where do we even start in those conversations?
1: I would say to start with that generally couples will seek out counseling when it's been going on for a long time and it's too late. You know, if something's been going on for five or six years and they've not done anything about it, You've got to unravel all of those bad habits, all of that resentment, all of that unhappiness. And it's going to take quite a long time to be able to do that. It's quite difficult if you've got set in your ways. So I think quite often, you know, I, I would recommend, you know, the couples that come to me that make a success of it, they're the ones that say, you know what, we really love each other, but there's something, something's just a bit off at the moment. So how help us get back on the track? The ones that leave it for too long and it there are, you know, the last chance saloon clients that this is it. It's either this or divorce. They really trying to rekindle a situation that maybe it's just too far down the line. I'm not saying it's impossible but it's going to be a darn sight harder to be able to get them back on track.
0: Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. And so you kind of touched on, you know, my next question about whether there's situations that are more likely repairable. And so you think it's a lot of the time aspect, like how long the challenge has been happening?
1: It could be or a willingness. Mm. you know I mean if you really really want to put the work if you really really care and you want to make it work then you've got to put the work in no counsellor no coach nobody else um can do the work for you you've got to you've got to put the work in I've I've been described as and I quite like the kind of title of I'm this sat nav so you know you're a coach or a therapist counsellor you're guiding the clients you're guiding them you're giving them tools but you can't do it for them they're in the driving seat so they're the ones that have got to do the work it's like anything isn't it you know if you're learning to drive and you have a driving instructor they'll be there sitting guiding you but you're the one who's got to drive the car you're the one who's got to learn the mechanics of the car you're the one who's got to Maneuver in the traffic. They can only sit beside you and guide you.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. That's a great analogy as well. Um, and so, I guess I'm wondering a few things. Like, one, is it maybe more favorable for those longer-term relationships that have that have hit like a problem, like because they maybe do have a more solid foundation or does that matter like how long you've actually been in the relationship
1: no i don't think it does i think if it's um a really really if if the problem has been going on for decades then that's going to be really quite hard to make you know you've got to change the relations things in the relationship have got to change in some way it doesn't mean you've got to change for the other person because i don't think that's right but you've got to be prepared to be open to different ways of behaving and and different ways of connecting. I think um, that's more the point.
0: Mm-hmm. That makes sense. And another thing I wondered is do you recommend that couples maybe in some of these more challenging situations or where they're trying to unravel a lot, as you've said, like, should the couple do work together or does then the person or each person maybe also have work to do on their own, like as separate therapy as well? Does that make sense? Mm,
1: Yeah. I think often, um, I think often quite, you know, I think it's useful to have individual counseling, individual therapy, as well as. Mm. But um, because I think sometimes we all bring baggage into a relationship, you know, and every life event that happens to us, we're going to carry that baggage. That baggage is going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. Um, And so there's going to be stuff from even from childhood that we are going to take into relationships so I think unless you've got, you're very aware and you've done the work, um, I still, I still have counselling. I still talk to a therapist on a, you know, because it it really helps me not only on with my stuff that sometimes crops up, but equally it helps support my work as well. Um, so I think it's useful to have individual therapy. The way I work with m- my clients is that. I will see them together, but I will also see them individually for maybe one or two sessions each. Um, and it, I, it's around the relationship, but it's sometimes certain behaviours that maybe they hadn't noticed or they weren't aware of. So if I could give you an example, a couple I was working with um, His way of resolving or dealing with conflict was he would withdraw and he wouldn't talk to his partner, not for a few hours. Sometimes it was for days. Um, He was feeling hurt and he didn't feel able to talk to her. She, on the other hand, she wanted to get the problem solved. So when I saw him on his own, I talked about him and what was it like growing up? And he said he got blamed for absolutely everything, even if it wasn't his fault, even if it was his brother's fault, he got the blame. And even if he tried to speak up, he would be punished. I mean, physically punished. So the only kind of weapon he had, if you like, as a child was to withdraw. So he would not talk to his parents until they came round and they would make the first move so he carried Mm -hmm. that pattern into his relationship and he wasn't really aware of it until we had the conversation together
0: oh wow yeah that's very interesting and Mm. do you find that common that that people bring into their relationship kind of the ways that they maybe dealt with things as a child like is that a very similar pattern
1: yeah yeah Yeah, it's quite a common pattern definitely because we've learned we've learned these patterns it's almost like our blueprint it's the way we've learned to survive like I was talking about that that young man He had learned, that was his survival system. That was how he learned to survive in the world as a child. And it was almost like a blueprint um, that he carried on in his life. So, yeah, I mean, people carry all sorts of things into their lives, uh, you know, uh, through their lives and into relationships. So, yeah, it will, and, and if people don't make awareness, if they don't stop thinking about the effect it's having, they will keep repeating the same patterns you know the people that they get into relationships that last it's wonderful they get through the honeymoon period and then when they get into the real relationship they're bored and they think oh there's something wrong with this person and they move on Mm. simply because they they keep repeating the same patterns they're looking for that excitement um, and maybe that's what they look for as a child as well. But if they don't say, hang on a minute, I keep doing this same thing over and over again. And if I keep doing the same thing over and over again, I'm going to get the same result.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That makes a lot of sense. So it's kind of a pattern that that can keep coming back. And I can imagine if um, the way that one partner deals with things doesn't match well with the way that the other does as in your example that that creates even a bigger challenge.
1: Yeah absolutely absolutely I think so often in arguments it can be that the the, I don't like kind of being stereotyping anybody but I think quite often it'll be the the woman who wants to resolve it I need an answer I need it sorted out now and she'll be chasing him almost physically around the house even come on I want this solved. I want it resolved and he just retreats into his man cave and the more she chases him and tries to get an answer the more he clams up and the more he you know retreats further into his man cave so you can see how that could really just keep keep repeating that same pattern instead of understanding each themselves and each other so it's a case of okay well this keeps happening and we're not getting any solution here what is it and each of us will have our own way of behaving if there's conflict some of us feel I want this solved now and they can't wait because it's too anxiety making and some of us will go I need to. I need to go and lick my wounds. I need to retreat before I can actually talk about this situation. And then, if you can understand that about each other, then you can find a strategy of 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 helping them to find a better way of doing it.
0: Okay. And so it seems like one of the first steps is sort of noticing that pattern. Then. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, and, oh, oh, go ahead.
1: I would say awareness is always the first step with anything. If we bring things into our awareness, we've got a better chance of making a change. Um, it's when we're doing things out of awareness, which I think we often do, um, that we we haven't got that. we how can we make changes if we don't realize what we're doing?
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. And so just kind of working through this example a little more in terms of some of the tools that you use in your practices, like is it then moving into after the noticing, do you look at developing better communication skills or is there like self-reflection that you suggest or what kind of tools are, are you using?
1: Um, I think it is a lot of self-reflection and I would say, you know, communication is, is the basis for virtually anything. So it is sitting down and having a conversation, and not an argument. Sitting down mm-hmm. without distractions, and almost saying to your partner, "You know what? There's, I think there's something that doesn't. If something that doesn't feel right, I don't feel particularly happy at the moment. How do you feel? What's going on for us?" Rather than you never pay me any attention. You're always working. You're, you just don't care about me. When you start with that, the other person is going to feel like they're being attacked. And what happens when we feel attacked? It's, we, will, we will attack back. We want to defend ourselves. And so we go on the attack. And then that just escalates. So it, I sometimes think, well, you know, a good analogy is put aside your weapons, take off your armor, it's not a battlefield, you need to really sit and talk to each other calmly and honestly, and notice it's the relationships that's not working, rather than it's your fault, it's your fault, you know, once you start that blame game, then it really, you know, it's, it's not a really good road to go down, the relationship's not working and I think relationships are two imperfect people because we're all screwed up in one way or another it's two um, imperfect people trying to make the best of a relationship at the same time following our own path of individual you know our own goals and so on Make sense
0: yeah, that does. I And I like that, that focus on the relationship is having the challenge. And yeah, that sounds much less blaming than, you know, you did this. And yeah, um, yeah that makes a lot of sense. And so as those conversations are happening, um, so if you're the couple and you've kind of gotten all these things out, you've identified, then what do you sort of walk them through like resolution like how to resolve some of those things or how how would you proceed then
1: I think it depends on the couple sometimes it could be that they it is finding time to sit down and have time for each other even if it is you know a cup of coffee over after dinner or whilst they're doing the dishes or you know I think sometimes you can or going for a walk I think often going for a walk can be quite useful because you're not facing each other Mm. and I think if you're side by side you can't see the eye rolling or um the faces that get pulled when each of you says something that the other one doesn't like so Mm. if you're going for a walk it's less threatening um so that's one of the things that can be offered, you know, just talking about things. Setting aside time to talk about the relationship mm-hmm. um, I think is really good rather than have you put the bin out, um, you know, what's for dinner, will you stop leaving your socks on the floor, you know, those kind of transactional conversations, they happen in everyday life, but its it's not very deep, is it? It's mm-hmm. not really connecting. So that's, that's one of the things I suggest. And I think just, um, it, it depends. I mean, if, if there's constant arguments and they can't resolve them, it's using tools on, such as I'll say to them, okay, if you see an argument escalating, then find a word or a phrase such as time out and then mm. you just stop instantly, walk away, into another room, outside, wherever, and you just stop that argument because it's not going anywhere. So, that kind of thing can be really quite helpful.
0: Mm, yeah, no, that's a really good one. That sounds great. Um...
1: I think the one thing that we forget is in a relationship that no one person can meet all of our needs. No one person can provide us with everything that a community would normally provide. You know, you can't have a soulmate, a lover, a best friend, um, someone to share all your hobbies with. You you know, I mean, there's endless things that we need and want from to, to get our needs met, but we can't have that from one person.
0: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And but then at what point maybe uh, is it not enough from this person? Like so say, you know, you're feeling more best friends or maybe it's the lover part that's stronger. Like is there is there a preferential combination of all of those things from your partner or like which things are maybe not great to be getting somewhere else, I guess.
1: I think it depends on the couple. I think some couples are, you know, they may get, for example, they may get the parenting support from other family members. They may have a good friend that they can have as a confidant instead of demanding their partner gives them that. It may be that the couple are quite happy with being friends and 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 there are couples, let's face it, where they'll get their sexual gratification outside. Um, So I think it really depends on the relationship and the people within it. I couldn't prescribe what is the right kind of relationship.
0: Mm, Okay, so that's almost where you have your goals of, of what your relationship values and what it looks like
1: yeah absolutely and i almost say when you start out you know when when you start a new job you have a contract you say Mm -hmm. okay these are the terms and conditions this is what they're offering and this is what in return i will do i will do the work bearing in mind what the job description is and in return i will get certain things you know holidays i'll get pay um you may get sort of other benefits like pensions and so on you'll know there is a contract mm-hmm. and when I suggest this to couples they, they think it's a bit strong but when you think about it you need to know that we, because we often fall into relationships and we'll assume that each person will take on certain responsibilities but we don't sit down and say hey are we going to share the Share the responsibility for the chores? Are we going to have a joint bank account or who's going to pay for what? It's mm-hmm. almost as though so many couples just fall into it and assume that what they know from their family of origin will be the norm, and actually, mm. quite often, it isn't.
0: So, you would recommend like having this kind of conversation up front then?
1: Yeah, some really important issues, aren't there? Do we want children? Mm -hmm. Um, You know, and it is about the financial thing. Quite often people shy away um, about talking about money. Uh, Do we we have a pot of money together where we pay for all the bills? Do we have our own money? Um, How much time out do we need? How much time on our own to pursue our own hobbies? Who does the chores? Uh, You know, and it can change along the way because... If somebody takes on a, a, a more demanding work role, it may be that the chores and the responsibilities that were before have to change because because of someone's take is distracted or working longer hours. So I think it's something that we need to kind of revisit
0: on a regular mm-hmm. basis. Yeah, that makes sense. that That sounds good. So. I guess one thing you touched on a little bit earlier was that there is that work to do and both have to be committed. So what kind of advice do you give to somebody that is maybe feeling that discontent that you mentioned, you know, not sure about how things are going or feeling like it's not going the way they'd like, but their partner is not willing to maybe do counseling or, or be involved in some of those conversations? What type? Of advice would you have for somebody?
1: I think it's quite useful for that person who's not quite sure or feels, um, who's prepared to do it. Go, see a cancer yourself. Because that can give you, not only will it give you a different perspective, but we cannot change anybody else's behavior, their outlook. We can't change anybody else. The only person we have control over is ourselves. And even when I see individuals who, they haven't come about relationship problems, but it will be part of of the issues that are going on. And maybe they they struggle with communicating with their ex. um, Or maybe they've got an issue with another family member. Or someone at work, um, you know, a colleague. And just by encouraging them and talking through a different way of approaching the other person, what's amazing is it can often elicit changes in the other person.
0: Interesting. So whoever they're having those relationship challenges with.
1: Yeah. Just getting to know them, approaching them finding out I mean I'm working with a guy at the moment who's got a business partner and he struggles with the fact that the way the business partner behaves and so on uh, and it frustrates him and so we've chatted about well what kind of personality is is he what does he respond well to what what are the things that will trigger him what is he good at within the business partnership? What does he need to give you to help bring out the best in him? So, you know, we can do an awful lot on our own.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And maybe um, that would even be enough of a tool to help the relationship or at least to get started with that help.
1: Yeah, or even for that person to say, actually, the other person, my partner isn't going to make the effort. Do I really want to be in this relationship? Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, it definitely brings to light the amount of work that they're willing to put in, for sure.
1: Mm, yeah, yeah.
0: Um, so one of the things that I wanted to touch on as well, I'm doing this as sort of a, a spotlight on marriage and and some of the challenges, and trying to make sure that people understand the different resources available. And and so I wondered, what do you see as the benefits of being involved in counseling? Um, or even coaching, which I know is another thing. There are marriage coaches. Mm-hmm. Or as compared to trying to work through the issue on your own, like how as a couple, how how do those paths maybe go? and And what do you see as some of the advantages?
1: I think quite often people, couples will shy away or one partner will shy away and say, we should be able to do this on our own. And they feel a real shame about, seeking professional help. Um, They see it as a failure. And actually, it's not because it's like anything, you know, if you were playing a sport, and maybe you were playing tennis, and you go, okay, um, I should be able to learn to play tennis on my own without a coach. But that doesn't make sense, does it? Because you will not only get Um, to understand how to improve your game or how to hold, you know, how to, how to be a better tennis player. So it isn't a sense of failure. It is more about how can I get the best? How can I make my relationship the best possible that it could be? Um, And I think sometimes, you know, it doesn't matter whether it's some uh, relationship coach or therapist or, whatever, you've got to find the right one that works for you. Um, We all have different ways of working. I am very straightforward and direct. um, And I don't always suit every single person I work with. It just doesn't always work for them. Um, So I think it's very much, you know, even individually, I think you've got to find the right person to work with. Because if you don't feel comfortable, if you don't feel it's working for you, you're not going to get the best out of it. And I always remember even going back to when I was training, which was what 20 years ago, we had to have 45 hours personal therapy as part of our training. Um, And I had a lovely lady, lovely counsellor, she was a lovely lady, But there was something there that I felt I couldn't share everything with her because I felt embarrassed. I felt shamed. And I think if you, I always said to myself at that point, I never want that for a client of mine. And so I think it's really important to make sure that you find the right person.
0: Yeah, that makes sense that the fit would be, you know, and, and I could see there even being a different person that you would need as an individual therapist mm. versus even a couple's counselor, right? Like, yeah. um, you know, somebody might want somebody that's maybe a softer touch for those individual conversations, but more direct mm. it, for the couple. Yeah, I could see that totally mm. changing.
1: Um,
0: yeah, so I, th-
1: I think like anything, it's like when you buy a pair of shoes, you know, Sarah, you don't go into the first shop and pick up a pair of shoes. You'll probably go up and down the mall a hundred times. You may go back to the first pair of shoes that you found, but you're going to shop around. And let's face it, finding a therapist is a bit longer lasting than a pair of shoes.
0: Mm -hmm. (laughs) And maybe more important for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Another piece I could see, like you mentioned that a, the partner may feel shame around seeking help or that it's a failure, but I also think there's there's something around that vulnerability or maybe a fear of being blamed for things mm. that, that maybe comes up for people as well.
1: Yeah. Yeah, there's all of that, isn't there? Um, yeah, that, that fear of they're going to get the blame for it all. And I've had couples who've actually come to for help because they want me to take their side mm. and and tell their partner that they're the ones that are causing all the problems um so i think that there, there's often you know they they drag their partner along and say now come on tell tell them how bad they are <laughs> oh. yeah so i think there's that that can be Uh, around it as well you know or being sent for counseling is another one you know my partner my parent my brother my cousin whoever said I need to get counseling and you think really do you want to do it or is it maybe they're the ones that need it not you (laughs) yeah
0: (laughs) yes yeah I can see that for sure and and they would definitely be less into doing the work I'm sure Mm. So I wondered before we wrap up, are there any other kind of key pieces of advice or tips or tools that you want to share with the audience?
1: Wow. I think we've been through quite a lot, haven't we? Um, Yeah. I just think, yeah, I think I would just remind people again that, you know, we're all on our individual journey through life. Um, And therefore it's managing the relationship as well as our own individual dreams, aspirations and longings. And I think if, you have, if you're in a relationship, you want somebody who is there to support you, who's going to be there and have your back. And I think that's the one thing that is so important. You know that they've got your back. And that they're going to be there cheering you from the sidelines. That is something that surely something that we all aspire to have in our lives, in a relationship, a partner.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, that sounds excellent. That makes a lot of sense. Okay, perfect, Wendy. So how can listeners connect with you if they want to find out more in terms of social media or online? What are the best ways to track you down?
1: Um, you can usually find me on Google, but I'm on, I'm on Instagram, I'm on LinkedIn, um, yeah, um, and you just find me WendyCapewell.co.uk. I'm in the UK. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm on my website is there. I also have my uh, podcast, which is Love, Listen, Talk, Repeat, which is about the relationship issues around the relationship with ourselves and the relationship with others so i interview lots of guests that's been going since 2017 um yeah so you can find me there so love to connect with anybody who's looking to kind of have a chat or anything
0: That's perfect. And uh, yeah, I'm definitely going to check out your podcast. That sounds great. Um, And appreciate all of those links. I'll link them up in the show notes and then people can click away in order to connect with you. Well, thank you so much for your time today, Wendy. I know we had some challenges getting this all recorded. So I'm so happy (laughs) that we were able to connect. And I'm sure the listeners have learned a lot from you today.
1: Uh, Thank you so much, Sarah. I've loved the conversation. Thank you.
0: Thanks for joining me with this wonderful spotlight on marriage, speaking with Wendy Capewell. I thought it was a great intro on some of the basics and in terms of some of the challenges that we can face in marriage and partnership and also... Um, some advice that she has on, you know, if you're feeling unhappy, what to do, what to do if your partner, um, maybe isn't willing to join in on counseling. Also, um, I thought her honest, responses that you know reflected on parts of her life were really helpful as well so hopefully this helps you and gives you a few things to think about if your relationship your marriage partnership is is something that's coming to mind and and if it's not hopefully maybe some good um thinking anyways So there is more to come in our marriage and partnership series next week. We're going to move from speaking as much about communication to digging a little bit more into some of the challenges um, and in particular around trust and infidelity and some of the other challenges around communication as well. So please join us next week for that episode. Uh, I think you'll find it also very interesting. So once again, thank you so much to Wendy. If you're interested in connecting with her, certainly Instagram is a great way to do that. You can find her um, at at her name, Wendy Capewell. Also through her website, wendycapewell.co.uk. She mentioned that she's on LinkedIn as well and has her own podcast, Love, Listen, Talk, Repeat. So please spend some extra time with Wendy and um, you can, I'm sure, gain so many more insights from her as well. Uh, Thanks for listening. I hope you're having a great back to school time a great beginning to fall and that your summer ended really well and I'm really happy to be back connecting on a weekly basis again especially throughout this new exciting series and then I've already got several more episodes recorded for into the fall even following the series so it should be a really exciting time on the learning to slay the bees podcast thanks for listening and have a great week Thank you for listening to the Learning to Slay the Beast podcast. Please keep in mind, this podcast is not intended to be medical or professional advice. If you'd like to hear more from me, you can follow me on social media, Instagram and TikTok at SarahLadyGluten or Facebook, Sarah underscore gluten free Lady. You can also visit my website, which includes author information, speaking information, and more info on the podcast at www.se-german.com. If you like the podcast, please feel free to review the podcast on your favorite platform and also subscribe because it means that it will show up for you every week on your favorite podcast platform. Also, we've just started to have the ability to support the podcast. You can find this link in my Instagram bio or visit ko-fi.com slash learning to slay the beasts. Thanks again for listening and have a great week.